The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. You are listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. In this show, Catherine, Emma and I will be talking about places around the Resonance FM studio, mostly telling stories of love and heartbreak in the surrounding pubs and parks. Here's the beginning of William Onyabo's Let's Fall in Love. We're all South Londoners. We all have been for some time. We've all kind of lived or moved to South London. So I've been in South London on and off for kind of four years. I've been in London maybe two years. Is that right? In London? No. I'm not sure. Well, wow, I'm confused. I don't think I can answer that very difficult seeming question. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. I have lived in South London specifically since I think about 2012, 2013. So the main reason I wanted to do this, I think, would pick this topic was because resonance itself has played a big part for me in like the whole time that I moved to London. I don't know about you guys, but like... And in your love life. And in my love life and in my current habitation situation. I live with someone that I met at resonance and uh, my first boyfriend I met at resonance. And then, yeah, our first community radio show was also here. And the radio station broadcasts on FM to London but mostly South London so the signal can actually go quite far I believe that if you're kind of near Richmond Park that open space means that it goes all the way over to the other side but you might struggle to pick it up kind of outside zone three um, and kind of the more suburban places in North London but it broadcasts from um, right near London Bridge um, and really near Borough Market which has been a market for like a thousand years so we're in one of the oldest parts of like continually inhabited London and really by the banks of the Thames so as a South London home I feel like resonance is kind of under the radar but on a par with like the South Bank for cultural output I'm going to put that up right okay so let's start our walk um so okay just imagine we're coming out of Borough Station uh, we walk down, we walk past that park, and then we turn left, and there's the Glad pub, and there's that big, like, painting on the wall of, like, what is it, like a weasel or a badger? Cow? <laughs> I love oh, I think it's a cow. <laughs> I thought it was a painting of V for Vendetta, but I think I've just imagined that in my own head. But yeah, maybe it is a I'm weasel. imagining a cow. I think it's similar to the weasel that is, there's a lot of graffiti of that ilk around Shoreditch. There's, like, weasel Or is it an graffiti. elk, in fact? <laughs> it's not an elk. <laughs> Um, I don't know, it could be a ferret. <laughs> anyway, so there's um, there's some animal painted on the side and it's a very impressive yet <laughs> indefinable painting. Ambiguous. <laughs> and um, the, the GLAD is really, like, there are resonance events there and we, I don't know, I've been there on dates and I've met, like, people there for the first time and it's a big deal. And at the moment, there's a Save the GLAD campaign because it's about, or it could close down, yeah. If this campaign isn't successful because Tesco has put in planning permission to literally knock down the building and build a new place, I think. On like- a really nice, I think it's a Victorian, possibly even Georgian building. I'm not sure how old it is, but like a real community institution that does like loads of live events. Loads of pies. Loads yeah. of pies. Pie minister, yeah. You know, it's, it's the kind of pub that has a really nice atmosphere and a clear social function. So on the topic of nice atmosphere... 
I want to hear about times where you have been to the GLAD and something has happened. Oh, really? <laughs> Neither of you? I was... Um, so, yeah, great atmosphere. I got broken up with at the GLAD pub. Um, that no was nice. way. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, so all the romantic stories that I'm going to be revealing, because I, I was led to believe this was like a romance walk. It is. Doing. Love and radio. Um, all these stories are going to relate to the same character. Let's call him Tim, because that's... <laughs> Because that's his name. Um, so and it's a heartbreak walk for you. Well, some of it, yeah. Um, yeah, he. we decided to have like an, an intimate and important chat within the confines of the Glad pub, which is a very cozy pub. Um, upstairs was full of people bustling around, had like lots of work drinks. Lots of people like post office having like really fun chats, sat all around us. And we were like huddled in the corner trying to have like a serious conversation about, um, yeah, just how oppressive our relationship was for him wow that's what happened i've got a jollier story <laughs> please um, so actually the first time both of you met my first boyfriend was i remember it well was I in also the remember pub, and you called him moped man because he came on a moped <laughs> an imaginative yeah. imaginative title yeah that's the kind of shit nickname i come out with for people um, oh it's initiative he, he had a big pint and one of his first stories was about the time that he got his balls out at a, at a protest. Do you remember that? I remember it well. Yeah. yeah. And and then... It made a big impression on me. And when he left, he gave me a little kiss on the cheek. So that's the glad for you. I remember thinking, I can't believe you're going out with this really burly, laddie, moped riding guy. Um, and... Yeah, I think we just liked him straight away, though. Like, you know. Um, it was. I remember that being a really good evening. And I do remember um, everyone just being really happy and cutting loose... Um, Maybe we went out after. I know we ate lots of crisps. I went home. I remember that. No, 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 not like that. That's not what I meant by that. Whatever. Okay. Um, I have a story about the GLAD, which mm. is that the GLAD is a site of um, probably the most kind of um, ambiguous date I've had in recent times. Ambiguous. And, uh, there's, a, there's a kind of a theme that comes through quite a lot of the programs that we make on, um, on Resonance, which is, you know... What is a date? It's a question that Leo in particular, you come out with quite a lot, didn't I you? Do. I do. What's a date? Is it a date? And I genuinely um, didn't realise I was going on a date with someone. So uh, this guy, I'll call him Henry. And he's known for his non-date dates. Yeah, basically. I've Henry has quite the reputation. Yeah. I didn't realise it at the time, but Henry... You know, he, he'd been in a very long-term relationship for years, so he, he was the type of person you never think of in the context of ever having a romantic involvement, attachment, or date situation. So when that relationship ended, um, I kind of, like, you know, I, I didn't know him that well. We were sort of friends of friends, but we had a random bumping into each other where we just happened to be um, going through security at an airport at the same time, and we got chatting. And after that, it was like, oh... We should go for a drink sometime. I ha literally haven't seen you for about five years. Let's have a catch up. To me, when someone says that, it's not really a date. And like the whole time we talked about people we knew, we talked about, you know, it was fairly normal. And, you know, we, we had a round of drinks, but there wasn't any like handholding or whatever. Um, but I think it it was a date because... It just got to standing... Well, I realised it was a date when it came to leaving the, the GLAD and Henry said, I'll walk you to the tube station. And I just turned around and was like, 
No, it's fine. I can get there. <laughs> I know this area really well. I make a radio show here. <laughs> and I just remember the look on his face being like, oh, God. And then I sort of in that moment realised, oh, like we're on a date. That's, That's like so no one would good. offer to do that. So we walked to the station and then it was the, oh, no, we're on a date. Are we going to kiss? For me, the kiss seals the deal. If you've not kissed, it wasn't a successful date. Oh, no. See, I didn't know that. I've been, I went on a date recently at the Glad, and I went on a date there, and after that date, we didn't kiss, and we didn't kiss on our first date either. So I was just like, I'm not... You're com- friends. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with kissing on dates, though. I think that that's like... I don't know, like, for... In another scenario, I was just like, do you want to sleep in my bed? So there wasn't like a, are we, aren't we? It's just like, this is my frank question to you because we've been hanging out for a long time. So that's the kind of way that I have operated in the past. Mm. And in this case, I didn't really do that. And it got to the point where the girl was like, oh, you should use this app to find a boyfriend. And so it's like, when you're on a date and someone's suggesting that you... Use this app to find a boyfriend. That's a subtle... Yeah, it's a bit of a warning sign. Didn't really pick that up. Anyway, so there's this little park nearby called the Red Cross Garden, and it's it's a really cute little park. And we went in after this date, after this signal that I did not pick up on of like having to date other people. And we go into the park and we sit on a bench. And I was like, oh, this is very nice, you know, thinking, you know, this is this possibly is- time for a smooch. Well, it did feel like that, yeah. But I'm not I'm not one to make moves, and I really need to be. We sat down on this bench and we looked at this really cute little pond, and there. There weren't any frogs there, but I, we were talking about frogs because frogs come in ponds. And then she'd been, like, really serious the, like, two times that we'd met, like, super, super serious the whole time. And then, and I'd actually complained between these two dates that she was maybe too serious, and I don't think that it was possible to go on more dates with her because she was too serious. And then all of a sudden she's like, I can make my throat swell up like a frog. And then all of a sudden she, like, just put loads and loads of air into her, like, kind of, you know, that bit below your chin? And it just, like, it just, yeah, swelled up. No, not like that. Like, (laughs) it sounds dangerous. It was really (laughs) impressive. And I just couldn't stop laughing after that. And I was like, yes, she's definitely funny now. Um, And at the time, I didn't tell her that I could lick my elbow, but I can. But I wish I'd said it. Um, And then after that, and this is why I think the date screwed up, I was like, I really think in 60 years we're going to be living in a post-capitalist society, and I think I'm planning for that already. Why would I say that? You say the stupidest things on dates. I really wish I could. God, I, I always pull out that anti-capitalist cracker like, at the end of a day. But I don't even believe that, and I would never, I would never like voluntarily see someone again who'd said that to me. So I don't know why. I, well, I don't know why I said that. It was really stupid. Maybe you were subconsciously trying to put her off, and you I think thought I was. Using I think that I kind might have been. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so moving on to the Crossbones Garden. One very interesting conversation uh, point point about the. Um, the what is it crossbones graveyard they have a single women's churchyard so yeah. i thought that that was quite appropriate so the basically it's the site of an old um burial ground and it's been very much under threat from regeneration uh but the local community what i think is really interesting is they've thought this is a place where we can connect with like the past and other people who've lived here um we don't want to force these bodies out we don't want to stop this space being a place to come and think and like recollect um think about people who used to live here in our community so they've tried to kind of find new purpose for it and they do all kinds of community events there um and they're trying to do a lot of outreach and have it as a place where you know um maybe they can engage uh people to come along and 
and have um, drinks and talk to them. So, for example, sex workers, um, they do kind of like a Halloween, a big Halloween party as well. Um, so I think that's quite interesting, like the idea of using a cemetery as a place for actually continuing the life of a community which is very much under threat because a lot of like um, social housing and affordable housing is obviously just kind of you know being pushed out all the time Um, but cemeteries are a thoughtful place and they're a public space and they don't have to be a place where you know nothing new happens and I really like that about that particular location. Carrying on from there, what we've done is kind of like circled resonance. Um, so if you want to go and have a look at resonance, you have to turn right. Uh, but there's not much to see because there's a big gate and I'm not going to give you the code. Let's follow across the street onto Newcomen Street, which I think we all know is the location of... The King's, King's Arms. Arms. Thank you. Uh, so the King's Arms is a place where we've done like our live shows. And I don't think I've ever been on a date to the King's Arms. I've got a story. Yeah. As you were saying, we, we've done two live shows there where we had like kind of audience interacting and I invited a prospective love interest to come along and watch our show and get involved in it. And one of the topics that we kind of got a bit fixated on was um, was kind of like in a, in a kind of non-obvious date situation or the first time you're with someone maybe, um, how do you know like how to engineer a kiss? How do you get that first kiss from someone that you maybe aren't really sure where it's going? Um, And so we kind of talked about like little tricks to make you, to make people kiss you. The word tricks got bandied about quite a lot and then we thought maybe it was a bit um, problematic. But yeah, how do you, how do you trick someone into kissing you for the first time? Um, And I revealed some of my tricks, um, which are maybe too potent to re-reveal, but they kind of involve like watching a multitude of Avril Lavigne videos. That's part of the grand scheme. And obviously like, I was divulging all this information about like when I'm not sure how to get someone to kiss me. These are the things that I do in front of this like potential love interest. And then like the next weekend we were hanging out and I put on the Avril Lavigne playlist and it just was so obvious. It was so embarrassing. You kind of knew straight away. I mean, maybe that was a good thing. Maybe it kind of like preempted it, but it was definitely like clear signal to him that I was trying to kiss him. One of the highlights of doing Very Loose Women was the time that we recorded the orgasm show. Mm. And then... Ed, who runs the station, came in while we were recording it and we all just turned around like mid-sentence and just like, what? Beetroot red. Yeah. Stop yeah. talking. Yeah, and, and that was upstairs. Yeah, and that was upstairs at the King's Arms. I think the thing about the King's Arms is that every time I go there, I always end up staying there a lot longer than I intend to. Something like draws me in and I normally drink a lot more than I imagine and meet like really interesting people. Um, but I feel the general theme I have in in that pub is kind of like accidental come-ons or people coming on to me where I don't necessarily expect it and it's a bit kind of odd. So, for example, um, some of the kind of weird come-ons I've had have involved kind of just suddenly being outside catching up with someone and um, not necessarily expecting it and then suddenly have them kind of lunge towards me for a kiss and going oh my god like what's happening Who was that oh my god I, I didn't know never reveal um but the um the other slightly strange thing that happened um was that I turned at once and there was a guy who does a radio show um on resonance called um Lewis uh Schaefer yeah yeah the non-head comedy show so he's kind of he's an interesting guy the first time I met him he had this um I just found it really funny he had this like um pirate eye patch on um and I just kind of thought maybe he's got 
something is wrong with his eye or, you know, he doesn't have an eye. And he um, introduced himself to me and he was like, Catherine, I bet you wear glasses because you read too much and you've ruined your eyes and your eyes are strained. I'm going to tell you a little secret. This eye patch I'm wearing, it's not for fashion. I don't want to look like Rihanna. I'm wearing it to train my eyes to focus properly so that they will fix themselves and I don't need glasses and you need to do it as well. And I just thought this was like the weirdest conversational opening gambit. I've just, I was like, Have you that taken can't his be true. Um, so I... I've been trying to speak to different people and ascertain whether you really can train your eyes back to like 2020 vision through the use of an eye patch. And I just, I think, I don't know. Notable celebrity eye patch wearers, Gabrielle. I've been thinking about yep. her. Like hit, hits of the kind of late 90s, early noughties, I Lisa guess. Lisa Left Eye Lopez, did she have an eye patch? Maybe she did. I know that Gabrielle had a lazy yeah. eye. So I think there is some truth to what you're being told. Yeah. But I don't believe it can t- you can't train yourself to 2020. But you see, no. these kind of conversations and things happen to me um, mm. because I think I get there at about, you know, eight and then it gets yeah. to midnight. Yeah, I liked it when there was that telly. Uh, they fixed it now, but there was a television in the corner with like a big black blob in the middle. So when the news would come on, like all the politicians would look like they had a bullet in between their eyes. <laughs> Moving on from the King's Arms, uh, there's a blue eyed maid, but I think we can skip over that. Maid. I have a story from the blue eyed maid. I I'm think sorry, we all have a story from the blue eyed maid. Okay. I've never been to the blue eyed maid. What's that you've never been? Let me tell you, the blue eyed maid is like an institution. Karaoke every single night of the week, you can go and do it. I've done, I've had many a good karaoke time there. And actually, Every night I've had at the Blue I Made has been a great night, but I haven't necessarily remembered any of them. Um, and I'm sure I've done some excellent singing. particular incident that I do remember is after a night out at the Blue I Made, um, I came home to my friend's house and she, she cooked herself a massive bowl of pasta full of cheese. And I'm normally a try and be like as vegan as possible. But in this instance, I was incredibly hungry, severely drunk, and just generally a mess. And I just thought, I'm going to tuck in. So I tucked into it. Three of us shared it, plus like the original maker of the pasta. So the four of us were sharing it. And the next day, I said to her, God, I can't believe that I ate that pasta with cheese in it. And she said, yeah, and the bacon. <laughs> At which point we realized that she hadn't, it hadn't really clicked with her, that she'd like served like bacon sauce to three vegetarians um, in her own home. So that's what happened to me. Although like my accidental baconing, you know, obviously it's got nothing on David Cameron's. Recent, re- recent revelation so heading up to borough market i think that we didn't have any stories about borough market so let's just cruise through right now wonderful location for a date it is i um, mean my main story about borough market is that having lived in london for five years i'd still never managed to go because the only day i ever got up early enough and had like the time and wasn't off like doing something unproductive like drinking was normally on a sunday which is the only day it's not open so several sundays i never let my lesson i would get up walk over the river because i used to live in wapping i come down south and then be like oh i've forgotten it's not open on sundays so i finally only went when i came and worked at the radio station for a month and i used to go and i really loved going for my lunch with Sarah who's um she kind of runs the station and has helped us loads and we have like I would say a kind of although I hate this word mental mentee relationship those lunches were like a really nice way for us to spend time together and I've just learned so much from her as well so that's when I think of Borough Market I think of going with her they do a really great fish wrap if you do eat seafood there's a great fish wrap place excellent falafel as well so Um, there you go 
And also there's that little church. I waited in front of that little, it's, it's called like Southwark Church or something. Anyway, it's quite cute. So we're walking around that. Do you mean Southwark Cathedral? Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. A, not a little church. Okay. <laughs> but I think it is actually from outside a bit. You wouldn't necessarily realize how big yeah, it really yeah. is. Like it yeah. is. It is um, so have you been inside? Fun. Yes, I have. I've yeah. been inside many a time on some dates. Um, I've been inside and what I've enjoyed a couple of times. It's a really nice cathedral. There's a lot of information. There's also a really nice part of it where they show, because um, it's it's so old, they show you like different parts that you can see. Like they kind of expose some of the stonework and say like this, this dates back from like this many hundreds of years ago. So you have like a little archaeological insight as well, which is really nice. Um but also what I've enjoyed is that sometimes you see like mini performances, like if you go there at lunchtime. So I've seen like little like little kids doing a, a little dance performance to um, Happy by Pharrell Williams just in the middle of the cathedral. Wow. That was a, that sounds a nice, great. It was That's really sweet. amazing. They did it more than once and I was like, it was definitely once was enough. But yeah, no, that was cute. So the George Inn is an old coaching in um i'm really enjoying all road, of your historical knowledge on the road like on borough high street itself which obviously is like the main route out of london bridge and out of london so at one time people would stop off on their coaches and kind of get fed and rested and then go like out into surrey and kent and stuff and it's still standing but it's a national trust property um so it's you know like really kind of um historically kept and resembles what it would have been like before. Um, so it's a bit of a tourist trap, but I really love it. It's really nice. Um, and actually, it was um, the first place that we went out to eat and drink at um, when I came and visited London before I moved here on my first ever dirty weekend. So I came to London for a weekend with a guy and it was the first time I'd ever gone and stayed with someone who lived elsewhere and had a kind of romantic weekend, and we went to the George. How old were you? Um, so I think I was 21, and I was living at home with my parents, so I had to say to them, I'm going to London for the weekend, but I'm just staying with a friend. Um, and they were like, who? And I was like, uh... And then just threw some random names out. But I was staying with a guy who lived in South London. He was living in Bermondsey. Um, and that was the pub that he took me to. Um, but the, the the weekend wasn't as romantic as it, you know, I kind of imagined that it might be. So we had one of the worst um, nights out I've ever had with some of um, his friends who were just so awful and rude and very like hideous kind of all this so you know we had a joke about Piggate earlier but you know all of the stuff about like the Bullingdon club and dodgy and very privileged men at university acting like absolute animals I kind of had a bit of an insight into it that night and because um, the group of guys that we ended up going out with they'd been in Pizza Express near London Where all debauchery begins. And they'd managed to, between three of them, rack up a bill for £200 because they drank so much booze. And there was a family party with a teenage girl with her parents and her friends. And they just thought it'd be hilarious to order rounds of shots for themselves and send one to the girl through the waiter and then kind of point at her and damn them. And I just remember being like, I can't believe that I'm spending time with these people when I'm meant to be on a kind of romantic, romantic weekend. Yeah. So it was it was quite like um disappointing in that view. But um apart from that, we did kind of get out and about, but I also went out I mean it could have been at the blue eyed made, I don't remember, but we ended up in a kind of club in a bar somewhere in Borough, but I can't tell you exactly where. 
Um, but, you know, a long time after we'd been to the George. And I lost my phone because I gave it to someone to hold for me. Um, so that was the first time I oh, kind of... awful evening. ...actually lost my phone out of pure naivety. So maybe this is one of the worst nights out I've ever had. My last story was just like, after the weird non-breakup situation that I described before um, in the Glad pub... Um, I was trying to meet up with this love interest. We were trying to meet up for a drink, but the arrangements was like, it was all very confusing and it was a kind of awkward bargaining process where we were trying to arrange where to meet and we didn't really know. And then he said he didn't have any money, so he couldn't get the tube to meet me. And I probably should have realized at that point that maybe he was just trying to avoid me. But I was like, don't be silly. Like, if you really need the money, if you're just not meeting me because you don't have any money, like, I can give you, like, a bit of money for the tube. Just come and meet me. So we met and we had, like, a kind of, nice-ish time at the George, you know, had a little chat, um, you know, everything was fine, I bought him a pint, obviously, because he didn't have any money, and then um, I drew lots of pictures for him, as we were leaving, we had, like, a bit of an awkward hug, and then I kind of, like, started walking off, and I was kind of thinking to myself about how it had been a kind of confusing emotional time, because we'd had this weird breakup, did we still like each other, I wasn't really sure, we hadn't really discussed how we felt, and I was walking away, and all of a sudden, I just like heard him like running up behind me, running, 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 and saying, Emma, Emma. So I turned around and I thought, what's he going to say? It's going to be a declaration. What's he going to say? And he said, can you give me five pounds for the tube? <laughs> <laughs> and I was embarrassed. But I did give him five pounds for the tube. And so. ever since, I've been in a wonderful relationship. So, <laughs> so it's it worth to pay your lover's money. So good to buy people tube, tube tickets. They'll be yours forever. Forever in your debt. That's another trick to make someone kiss you. Pay them. <laughs> I feel like quite a lot of seminal life events have happened around the London Bridge area. Yeah. What is it? Is it just because there are so many monuments and landmarks? It's central and we all live in South London. One that I didn't mention <laughs> was... Uh... <laughs> that really kicked like, the majesty and like, kind of mystery out of that question. I mean, my, I'm just thinking because of the shard. Yeah. My ex-boyfriend and I have been together for about a year and a half. And when we decided to break up with each other, we had an extended process of being on a break and then having dates during the break just to see how we felt and going to places and one of those was the shard and I think it's like the shards are like obviously just this kind of you know like emblem of London now and you go up and you look at everything and you can have a champagne and it's kind of celebratory place and we were just up there in a kind of like our life could kind of go either way and we might not be we're looking out over to where we live and we don't know if we're actually going to be living there and everyone else is on champagne like getting kind of drunk um but for me there's something about like going to a landmark where I feel like important conversations happen there and I want to do it like in a place where I feel quite happy and maybe it's not even a neutral zone but it's somewhere where I feel confident and maybe I feel quite confident around here because it's like a locale that I know the shard was being built um, like the first few years I was in London so it's kind of like moved into London with me if you see what I mean yeah and same. there was that yeah there was that story about how foxes would live in the, the uninhabited fox. yeah the urban foxes would live mm. in the urban uninhabited floors as someone who's worked in a primary school I can tell you that all primary school teachers really hate the shard because children continuously write things like and the, it, the man was as tall as the shard and like his dad was as big as the shard and like it's in every single like simile so they really hate the shard but that's just a primary school perspective thanks for listening don't forget this week is resonance fundraising week so please go to the resonance website to donate and tomorrow is our show in the pub so please come to Newcomen Street um, to take part in that 
Here's the rest of William Onyabo's song, Let's Fall in Love, to play us out. Bye.